Oh my god, Becky, look at her butt. Hi, and welcome to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program, where every Tuesday night from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have a little discussion on kinetichifi.com, where we talk about everything that you need to know about creating a fit life. So the name of the show is Stop Chasing Skinny, and that comes from my background, where I used to work out a ton and um, nutrition wasn't really on point, but I just thought that I could out-train that bad diet I had going on. So I spent a lot of years doing all of that. And now that I've found a better way, I like to share a better way with you. So tonight we have Shanna and Shanna is going to talk to us about medical thermography. Um, for anybody who's followed me on social media or maybe you're on my YouTube channel, something like that, I have done um, an interview with Shanna before where she actually read my thermography results. So in the show notes, we're going to put that link so that if you want to see it um, on video, you can see that. But um, yeah, so we met a couple years ago and she's been my thermography technician since then. Um, Thermography is really, really interesting. There are so many things that you can see with thermography that you can't with other things. Um, Other, it's a very other medical, um, procedures, I guess it would be to screen for any kind of problems that you might have going on your, in your body. So I'm going to turn it over to Shanna. She's going to do a little introduction of herself and let us know exactly what medical thermography is. So welcome. Thank you, Stephanie. Hello, everyone. So glad to be here tonight. Uh, Medical thermography. All right, goodness, where do I start? Um, (laughs) Well, for those of you who haven't heard of medical thermography, it's possible early cancer detection that could save your life, and it's ideal for prevention. And it's done through an infrared camera or infrared imaging. So what I do is I always recommend everyone starts off with a full body because of the number of findings I've seen in my patients thermographically that you can't see with the naked eye. A full body screening is about 30 images of your entire body. And what we do is uh, submit your images to our team of interpreting doctors. We have a wonderful team of interpreting doctors through a company called PACT. They're the Professional Academy of Clinical Thermology. If you want more information on them, their website is medicalthermology.org. And they receive your images. They compose a report for us, and then they send it back to us, and then we send it to the patient. And then we go over the reports together and look at the findings. So you'll see with us all your images in both a rainbow palette, where you can see the heat and color, and also a reverse grayscale palette, where you can actually see your own vascular patterns through this infrared camera. It's, it's a really cool technology. Um, Thermography is a physiology test, so it looks at the heat discrepancies in your body, and it's considered an adjunctive test to anatomical testing, such as a mammogram, an ultrasound, or an MRI. Um, It does have some benefits over anatomical testing in that it's possible early detection. Stephanie, you can actually see heat imbalances in the body eight to 10 years before they might even show up on anatomical testing um, if it were cancer. So if you see some imbalances in your body now, you want to figure out with your physician how you can get rid of them. So hopefully you can avoid anything turning into cancer or other diseases in the future. And that's one of the best things about thermography is that it's great for prevention. Um, I do have some cancer patients who come to me and they're getting different treatments and they want to monitor themselves safely with thermography because there's no radiation uh, that actually could cause cancer and there's no compression. Um, There's no contact with this screening. So explain just a little bit about the compression, because once I started working with you, um, I realized that this could be a problem. I did not realize that compression can actually possibly spread cancer. Yes, it's true. Yeah, and it's just as simple as that, that you run the risk when you are getting a mammogram and compressing the breast of, if there were cancer present, spreading it. And then um, women who have implants out there, they run the risk of possibly bursting an implant. So I had that question come up today in an email. Someone asked me, you know, what's the... What do you say when women ask about um, if is it okay for thermography to get implants? And the answer I gave her was it becomes less accurate with both thermography and mammography. Um, but ultimately, there's no radiation that could cause cancer with thermography, and there's no compression. 
and um, thermography is still more accurate. Thermography overall is 97% accurate for or sensitive for breast cancer detection, whereas mammography is only 83% accurate. Could you could you say that again? <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty crazy. Yeah, um, the whole thing about the implants and everything. Uh, no, the um, the piece about the percentages. So sure thing. Mammography versus thermography. So based on um, a couple different studies out there, thermography is ninety seven percent accurate for breast cancer screening, which means it's three percent wrong. So that's why it's considered an adjunctive test. You still need anatomical testing to confirm or deny what the thermography showing. Mm-hmm. And then um, if you go to the Susan G. Coleman website, it says it right on there that mammography is only 83% accurate, which means it's 17% wrong. Mm. So because with both tests, there's room for error, that's why they're considered adjunctive screening. The FDA has cleared it as an adjunctive screening for breast cancer detection. And, and just to add back into what you were saying as far as being able to tell there is a problem eight to ten years prior to because once with the thermography you're going to start to see your vascular patterns change and you're going to start seeing some of that heat due to inflammation in areas that maybe mammography is not going to pick up until it actually is a problem. A physical correct? lump or a bump that can be seen on anatomical testing. So when cancer develops, let's say someone is diagnosed with stage two or three cancer, they that um, cancer didn't grow overnight. It, it didn't just start the day before. In some cases, it can take eight to 10 years to develop. Uh, cancer doubles on average every 90 days. So when you come in, if you're showing certain hot spots anywhere in your body, our interpreting doctors may say, you know what, we want to monitor that because it could be cancer, it could be hormonal, or it could just be toxicity in the body. But whatever it is, they want to make sure it's not something that's growing at a significant rate. So if it were cancer, since cancer doubles on average every 90 days, they want to check you again in three months or six months to make sure there isn't a great temperature discrepancy during that time period. Sometimes if the temperatures are so severe from one side of the body to the other, they'll say go for further anatomical testing right away. And typically they recommend ultrasound. Okay. Gosh, that's so interesting. Um, I, I want to talk just a little bit more. I know I have a whole list of questions that I want to ask you here, but I think that I, well, I see this on a regular basis that um, just to talk about cancer, how it happens and the connection with inflammation, because um, we hear it all the time. X causes cancer. X causes cancer. This decreases your chances for cancer. I, I think there's kind of a missing link as far as how people understand that cancer develops, grows, that kind of thing. So could we talk just a little bit about that, the link of inf- to inflammation um, and what all of this testing is showing? So just to go a little bit deeper into that. Certainly, yeah. Um, so cancer develops through a process called angioneogenesis, which means the new growth of cells in the body. Um and we all have precancerous cells in our body, but normally they're kept in check by your immune system. So your immune system comes in and kills them, right? Like, yes, we're going to get rid of that. Oh, that's a weird one. Or, or makes them go where they're supposed to. I'm not a physician, so I'm, right, I'm, right. Okay. I'm not exactly sure. But this is my understanding as a, a layperson. I am a technician, but I'm not a physician. Mm-hmm. So um, when, some, when there's an area in your body where cancer does start to grow... It, like I said, it doubles on average every 90 days, which means some are much slower and some are much faster. So in that one spot that cancer is growing, um, so this one cell grabs onto a blood supply and it actually feeds off that blood supply and, and it grows. It doubles on average every 90 days. Blood's hot. So that's how thermographically we can see cancer in the body. But we can't say that's cancer. We can say that's an abnormal hotspot that you need to get checked out further. That's so so valuable, though. I mean, just to have that foresight um, into those areas of your body. Right. By now, I can tell, and I know our interpreting doctors can tell when something's cancerous, but medically, legally speaking, we cannot say that to the patient. They need to go for further anatomical testing and then probably a biopsy before it's confirmed or denied. 
Yeah, that's so interesting. So that's that was really great on the the cancer piece. Um, and you know, at the very end of this, we're going to go over um, my own personal thermography results because I've had it done two times now, uh, one year apart. So we're going to talk about some of those other areas of the body that we can um, we can detect some things are are inflamed red hot spots, um, not just where they should be. So we're going to take one really quick break, and we'll be right back. Stop Chasing Skinny radio program. So tonight we have Shanna, and she is talking to us about thermography. Um, She is a member of Breast Thermography International, but she has done a full-body scan on me. So can you explain the difference right there? Certainly. A full-body is about 30 images of your entire body, which includes the breasts. Um, We offer four different types of screenings with my company. Um, The full body, it's regularly $4.99 for the entire body. I always recommend you start off with that one just because of all the different findings I've seen in my patients. And we'll talk about that at the end. There's lots of findings (laughs) to be be found in the There are. (laughs) Yeah, but there's so many things that you can see with an infrared camera that you can't see with the naked eye. And then it's ideal, you know, if they're abnormal to figure out what you can do to fix them before it becomes a problem. So there's a full body. There's also a health screening. Health screening includes the upper half of the body, except for the arms. Um, For the men, we also screen the testicles as part of the health screening. And then if you wanted to get just one region, like the breasts, it's $249 for, for one region or the breasts. And I actually screen my patients' kids for no cost for my service. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, anyone that's 16 or under, because I know early detection saves lives. I actually copied one of our interpreting doctors because, unfortunately, he started screening his patients' kids for free and found you know breast cancer in an 11-year-old. Um, yes. Wow. Which is crazy, but, you know, there's just so many toxins and um, hormonal things that we're exposed to that unfortunately can cause cancer. Yeah. Um, So anyway, the the parents just have to pay um, an interpreting doctor fee for the for the kids. Okay. Oh, that's that is very generous. That's fantastic. And then you have a really great baseline once you start that young too, right? Yes. Yeah, it's true. And then, you know, get one every other year. I mean, every year would be ideal, but at least every other year and yeah, into adulthood. I mean, most people don't realize that breast cancer is the leading cause of death in women ages 35 to 54. Yet they don't even have you get a mammogram until age 40 because women's breast tissue is too dense in their 20s and 30s. But if women are dying at 35, you know, when they're mothers and some brand new mothers, you know, um, you want to be able to prevent that and you should have an option to have this safe screening tool. And our interpreting doctors are working really hard to make that happen for, for the entire population. They're trying to help it become the standard form of care. Wow, that's fantastic. I think we, um, in the uh, YouTube interview or um, uh Uh, webinar that we did together, you also gave me a statistic that was um, related to the age of women getting breast cancer and then the percentage of women that did not show any breast cancer in their their family. So there was no family history in... 80% of breast cancer cases in the U.S. have no family history. Okay, so let's piece that all together. So 80% of the cases don't have any family history, but you cannot get a mammogram until you're 40 unless you've had family history, which we've just said 80% don't. And then they don't do a mammogram before that, but that's the leading cause of death in women under, well, from the, what was 35 age? to 54. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And then mammograms have iodizing radiation, which if you over-radiate the breast, could actually cause cancer if they're like we said before if there is anything present any cancer present in the breast with the compression of a mammogram you run the risk of spreading it so thermography no radiation no contact 100% safe for the body the the thermographic camera actually picks up on the radiation that your body is giving off 
pretty crazy. So yeah. if you eat a banana or something with high potassium, you might. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Maybe stomach. we can do a case study. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> well, um, for <clears throat> anybody listening, uh, you may have heard that my background is in nuclear engineering. So I did do a good bit of work with um, health physics which and radiation and um, that kind of thing. So I find this extremely interesting whenever we talk about the amount of radiation that we receive from some of these tests. Um, so... Shanna, how did you get into starting this business? I think it's really interesting. Well, I actually wished for it. Um, I was working really hard as a hotel accounting manager, and I was pretty stressed out. And I made a list of everything I wanted in a new career. I didn't write thermography specifically, but I ended up meeting um, Dr. Anthony Piana, the founder of Breast Thermography International, through uh, my roommate in Nashville, New Hampshire, they met in New York City. Um, she was going to New York City to get her master's, and he was, told her that he was looking for an administrative director, and she knew I wanted a new job. Uh, so we ended up meeting, and it, was, it went really well. Um, I helped him to build the business throughout the U.S. and even around the world, and I ended up becoming a technician myself, working in Manhattan and New Jersey, and I got that practice so busy, I said, you know what, I want to move somewhere warm and I want to buy my own camera. What do you think? And he said, yeah, do it. So That's awesome. we ended up hiring a couple of people to take over the administrative work that I was doing. And I moved to South Carolina and then Florida because um, there was just a ton of interest down in Florida. Yeah. So I went down there. I started about 20 locations as a traveling technician. And now I have three technicians working for me in Florida, and I'm based out of South Carolina. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. That's and I'm really actually um, getting ready here to hire two more technicians, one in Tampa and also one in this area, if anyone's interested. Oh, great. Yeah. I mean, I never, you know, back in the day, I'm sure this would have been something that uh, that would have been very interesting to me. So, um yeah, we'll, we'll put that out for sure. Thanks. Um, yeah, sure. Um, and it's just cool because you get to you get to help people and you get to meet people. You get to and, work with holistic doctors uh, and learn all about natural remedies of curing your body versus, you know, harmful pharmaceuticals or surgery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are, yeah, that's a whole... I like to bring guests on that talk about some holistic options. I mean, I'm all for some Western medicine because it's it's advanced so far, but I think that you have to use both. Definitely. Both um, so who who would you recommend to get a screening? You've mentioned a couple different groups here. So um, who should get a screening? Everyone that can pose for a camera. My youngest patient is three and my oldest patient is 94. Um, anyone who's interested in, you know, learning more valuable information about their body um, should come in and get a screening because it's possible early cancer detection that could save your life. And it's ideal for prevention and helping you to figure out what areas you need to work on now and avoid future issues. Mm, yeah, that's it's been great for me. I have enjoyed seeing my um my results. Um, it's funny because I knew some of the places that I need to work on and other places very, um, I just, I didn't even know. We'll get into that in a minute though. <laughs> okay. Um, so I want to just kind of circle right back around. Um, what is the difference between, um, well, we talked about the difference between thermography and mammography, but what about MRI or ultrasound? MRI is um, magnetic imaging and ultrasound is sound wave imaging. So those are safe, but, um, you know, they've got mammography as the standard form of care right now. And it just doesn't even make sense to me that, you know, you have to have a mammogram. And then if there's some, a finding in your mammogram, you have to have an ultrasound. Why, I don't even understand why I have the mammogram in the first place. But that's the way <laughs> our country is set up right now. And that's the way they do things. Um, so ultimately, I tell my patients, you know, it's up to you which type of anatomical testing you are receiving. Personally, I, I choose to get an ultrasound. Um, I've already gotten one so far. I'm 34, so I'll probably get one every other year or so, you know, because it is an, an adjunctive testing. Yeah. Um, 
Well, that's good information to know because, I mean, really, until you said that, I, I wouldn't know. I would say, well, whatever you think, doctor. Like, you know, but we do have to be our own advocates in our healthcare. Very so true. the doctors know a lot, but they're not with us 24 7. They don't have to make those final decisions for us. And we do have choices. I think we have more choices than we think we have. And it's all about being educated and aware and knowing that these are some choices like thermography. I mean, who I, I didn't know this was a choice until I met you at an entrepreneur's meetup one night. Right. And you were talking about what you did and I was talking about what I did. And <laughs> I, I had no idea. Yeah. And I'll even uh, say to men, you know, when they're asking me, about breast thermography international they're like well why is it you know talking about the breasts and i say well the breast cancer awareness is so much promoted in this country you know the founders decided to call it breast thermography international yeah. um and then for men to understand what a mammogram is like i, I don't know myself but i get a phone call at, at least once a day with a woman saying i'm never getting a mammogram again um, so I've been told that it's the same as applying 50 pounds of pressure to the breasts to get it flattened out so you can image it. So I say to men, you know, what if there were a test where they applied 50 pounds of pressure to your testicles so they could image them? How would you feel about that? And every single guy I've ever said that to just kind of squirms yeah. like, yeah, the breast tissue is sensitive as well. Why the yeah. test is barbaric to me, but, um, yeah, that's yeah. just my opinion. Well, and, and I think it's, you know, it, it comes down to the education until people know that there are other options you, you just don't know. Right. Um, and then you do whatever you've been told to do because that's what you think you're supposed to do. And that's what you think you have to do. So we're going to take one really quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program. So tonight we are talking about thermography, and I want to just jump right back into it. Um, how often should you get a screening? It depends on your findings of your baseline screening. Uh, ideally, at least once a year, full body screening. Um, I like to get my full body screenings every six months for prevention, just because, like I said before, cancer doubles on average every 90 days, so you never know what you could see with the changes. But typically, if you come in, um, you know, if you get a full body to start, and then there may be a couple areas that our interpreting doctors want to monitor, and they'll write right in your report, come back in three months, come back in six months, or if everything looks good, they'll say come back in 12 months because they want you to get checked annually. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it's, it's, you know, just from my own personal experience, when I've gotten back my, um, my results, it's, I guess it's one of those things where it's a, I call these non-scale victories where you're trying to achieve something within your health, um, that isn't relying just on that number on the scale. So even your mammography or your thermography results, I mean, it might be, you know, I wanted to see less red on mine. I wanted to see that I had less inflammation in my body. Um, and we'll go over the things that I did right and the things that I completely ignored and kept doing the way I was doing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that might be something that, um, or I think it's something that is a better scale of, of your overall health, not just like, well, how much do I weigh kind of thing. So you can add that into um, all of those other measures for creating your, your healthiest, your fit life. Um, so then where do you perform these screenings? Because I know I've done these in a couple different places with you. Both were super simple. So where do you usually perform these screenings? In the Charleston area, I go to um, Merge Medical Center in Mount Pleasant. I also go to Zimmerman Chiropractic. He's out on Folly Road in Charleston and Dr. O'Neill's office in North Charleston. And I'm not opposed to adding some more locations to any of those uh, holistic-minded practitioners that are listening out there. And then I, I have another, I have about 25 more locations throughout Florida, primarily from West Palm Beach to Miami on the East Coast, and then from Tampa down to Venice on, on the West Coast. 
Oh, that's great. And then, so when I went in, um, I had, it was just, it was nice. It was just an office building and it was a, it was an office that you have set up in there. And, um, it, it, like what my only requirement was that I wear thong underwear. That was it. Um, otherwise you provided everything. Um, it's crazy cause it's not, it's not even in that that hospital doctor's office environment, which I get kind of creeped out. I'm not even a germaphobe at all, but for whatever reason, going into a doctor's office where people are known to be sick. Right. You <laughs> automatically think, oh no, I hope I don't get a, a cold yes. or the flu. Yes. I'm much more comfortable going into like a chiropractor's office or just a, an office space. Right. That you where people go in for wellness. Exactly. Exactly. And um, yeah, like you said, for any kind of holistic minded practitioners out there, um, it's great because because your service is so portable and it's just something else that they can offer their patients, um, you know, as preventative screenings. I mean, and I know I keep saying we'll get into my results soon, but one of the big things on my screening was something that a chiropractor can most definitely help me take care of. And, you know, say I hadn't, I hadn't met you and I was just in my chiropractor's office and the chiropractor had information on thermography and I was like, oh, okay, well, let me give this a shot because it's great on preventative um, screenings. I do this and, oh, wow, Stephanie, you have problems with your back. You have problems with your foot because of your back, um, all these things. Well, as the chiropractor, you know, that's something great that the chiropractor can, you know, continue to work with you on. And then the next year when you have your screening or however many months is recommended, the chiropractor can see that too, so it's very um, comp- comprehensive. Is that the word? Or I mean, it's holistic. It's very but... valuable for the treatment plan because yeah. the physician can see if what they're doing for you is working or not. Um, you know, or maybe they need to try a new treatment plan. Yeah. So yeah. it's and you know it, that you're getting your you know your money's worth too. I've heard that. I've heard that argument from people as far as going to a chiropractor. Oh, I don't really know. I mean. I'm just, I go in, I don't know if it's really working. Um, most people say they know it's working, but for some of those people who are like, oh, I'm not really sure, I don't really want to put the time into my schedule, um, that kind of thing, they can actually see it through pictures. Yes, which, you know, with prevention, it's uh, always a work in progress and that, you know, if you weren't doing these things, perhaps you would injure something like your back down the road and then need back surgery. And I don't know if you've ever priced out back surgery, but it's much <laughs> more expensive than those trips to the chiropractor. Much more expensive and it kind of takes a little bit more time. So yes. talking about talking about some, um, some pricing, could you, um, we talked about that a little bit in the beginning, could you go back through what your pricing is and how long your appointments take, that kind of thing. Certainly. The pricing for the full body is $4.99, and that's about 30 images of the entire body. I also offer payment plans for my patients at no additional charge, where I break up the, the total cost three or four times. That's great. Yeah. If so. you look at that, I mean, really, that's what, like, a nice dinner out each month that you could forego in order to have this preventative care. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. It's priorities. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then you have the health screening, which is the upper half of the body, except for the arms. That one includes the abdomen, the back, the breast, the thyroid, and the cerebrovascular screening of the face. Uh, for men, the testicles. That screening is 329. And then for the breasts, the breasts are 249. Um, and then also the kids, if you wanted to get your kids 16 or under, as long as you are a current or future patient of mine, it's $55 for the interpretation fee for the kids. That's fantastic. That really, yes. really is. I mean, that that's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes it's kind of a slap in the face for the parents, like, wow, I need to really work on nutrition with my children, or maybe they need to exercise more. Absolutely. What have you. Yeah, because, I mean, that's that's what's showing up in there. So, and, and I think it'll be, you know, I'll just go ahead and get through this because it'll be much easier to talk about these specific points when we talk about my findings and how nutrition plays a role in that. You also um, asked how long the appointments yeah. were. Um, it's an hour long for the full body. You know, sometimes it can be a little less if you don't have a lengthy medical history. And then it's a half an hour for any of the other screenings. And it's so simple. Like you just, it's just, I mean, for women, it's your panties. And then you just take, she just takes pictures of you with this thermographic camera. That's it. Like you just get in these, you know, easy positions, like hands overhead, turn around. Let me see the bottom of your feet. It's it's really simple, super painless. 
Um, and then how does insurance pay for these screenings? It does not. I haven't had any U.S. insurances that I know of um, reimburse for it, but I do have some patients who have foreign insurance, and I guess you know sometimes we're a little bit behind in times, and they have had their insurance cover it. Um, you know, but it did take mammography twenty five years to become the standard form of care and covered by insurance. So hopefully, really? it will be someday. And it's such an affordable. Um, it's an affordable screening. It's really that is not that expensive, especially since you offer payment plans too. Right. And, you know, we talked about priorities and you just break it up a little bit. And I, you know, I wish I had that number in front of me right now and I could maybe do the math real quick. But if you talk about Starbucks, for example, so say you have a, a Starbucks drink and I drink coffee from Starbucks, but, um, so say you have a Starbucks drink and it's like three something and you just leave the change for the tip. So say it's $4 a day for your Starbucks latte, $4 a day for one week. So four times seven would be, what is that, 20? It, it ends seven. up being about $130 a it month. $130 which, a month, thank you. I'm <laughs> sorry, 120 120 yeah, times I've four. done this before. Um, yeah, so $120 a month just in your coffee. And so if you think about that, if you break that up into, um, you know, your total body um, screening, that's, you know, that's until, until somebody shows you those numbers like that, it's kind of hard to maybe put it into perspective, but really, I mean, that's what kind of, um, you know, latte habit could add up to at the end of the month is $120, which is, you know, your payment plan for a screening. Um, it's actually less than $120 a month if you set it up on the payment plan. So right, when you can buy two bags of coffee for the month for 20 bucks, <laughs> right? Not to mention that the coffee combined with the sugar causes inflammation. So yes, it's, yeah. and hormonal imbalance. Right. Right. Um, one more question for you, and then we'll take a quick break. Um, something that was new on my screening was um, for hor- hormonal balances, imbalances. Could you talk about that a little bit? Because I find that very interesting. I'm in the line of work of people come to me for um, improved health. They also come to me because they want weight loss for the most part. Um, and I can offer exercises, I can offer uh, nutritional guidelines, but sometimes the root of the cause of so many of their physical problems are hormonal imbalances. So can you talk a little bit about how you guys now offer screenings for hormones? Certainly, yeah. It's included in the breast screening as well as the full body screening. Um, so there's more valuable information in the fu- and the health screening. There's more valuable information when they can see the entire body to to give the best number there. But um, what they do is they look for signs of estrogen dominance or hormonal imbalance um, thermographically. So that could be sort of leopard spots throughout the breasts, the abdomen, even the back. Sometimes we see it on the thighs or in the arms. Really? Um, or how many irregular vascular patterns they see in you. And they take into consideration both those factors, and then they compare your images to all of our patients' images that they see, and they come up with a rating from 1 to 10. So... You know, if you're on the scale at all, that means there's room for improvement because some patients get NA for not applicable because they aren't showing any hormone signatures in their body. So once you get your rating, it says consultation with an integrative doctor is recommended in order to assess your hormone levels. I know Dr. Lovegrove um, in Mount Pleasant, he, he works a lot with women and hormones. Okay. So that's definitely someone that you could go see. But... Um, He'll do a blood test with you or a saliva test. I know our interpreting doctors recommend saliva hormone testing to see where the levels of your hormones are at because uh, when you go give blood for a blood test, it's at one point of time in the day. When, when they have you do a saliva test, they have you give samples anywhere from three to six times within one day. And our hormones change a lot just in one day. So that's why the saliva test may be a little bit more effective. Some things that you can do on your own to try to better balance out your body is really take into consideration what foods you're eating out of what containers. Plastics have xenoestrogen in in them. I hope I'm saying that right. But um, anyway, it's not good to eat food out of plastic. So buy some glass Tupperware instead of plastic and and try to buy um, natural whole foods that aren't processed. Yeah. Oh, that's so, okay. That's great information. Yeah. Cause I see that a lot and, and hormonal imbalances. Could you go through a list of things that, 
imbalanced hormones can show up as, such as bad skin, um, irritability, um, fatigue, those kinds of things? Yes, all, all of those things could be hormonal imbalances. And sometimes women will go on bioidentical hormones or different types of hormones, some natural, some not. Um, and then they'll see their screening and they'll say, what is going on? Why is my rating so high when I'm on these hormones? And, you know, if it is the baseline, I'll say, you'll have to keep in mind, this is your first screening. We don't know where you were before you started that hormone treatment. So you have to take into consideration a few different things. You know, how are you feeling? Um, you know, what does your doctor say? How long do they want to have you on, on the hormones that you're on? And, you know, then make an educated decision through how you're feeling, what your doctor says, you know, do you think they're working for you? Do you want to try more or less going forward? That's a conversation that a patient would need to have with their doctor. And, you know, if you get one scan and then you get a follow up and things look worse, well, that's definitely a sign that you need to change up something with your treatment if you are being treated for your hormones already. Yeah, yeah. That's so, and it's great that you can see that um, via thermography. I know. <laughs> wow. All right, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program. So, Shanna, could you please tell us um, how somebody could reach you, make an appointment, and um, and then you also said something about an introduction price for my listeners. What is that offer? Yes, I did. The offer is um, if you mention that you heard Stephanie and I on the radio, you can just put in um, the offer code Stephanie Keenan. Uh, when you make your appointment, I would give you $50 off your screening. That offer is good um, when you book your appointment on btiscan.com or if you give me a call. So our website, again, is btiscan.com. It stands for Breast Thermography International, so btiscan.com. And then my phone number is 877-315-7226. I'm at extension 447. And you could also email me at earlydetectionisky at gmail.com. We're going to put all of that information in the show notes for you, too. A lot of listeners are listening while they're walking their dogs, cooking, or maybe driving. So um, you can find that in the show notes. And all of the show notes and all of the archives for the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program can be found on my website, skfitlife.com. Um, so we're going to jump right into going over some of my thermography results. Um, we haven't had our official phone conversation about what, what we found. Um, so so much of this is new for me, too. I mean, I read through my, my results Um so let's just let's just jump right into it. Yeah, this is perfect. I mean, you're looking at your computer. I'm looking at my phone. It's just like we're on the phone. <laughs> right? Let's do this. <laughs> okay. So first off, uh, for your head impressions, it, what they do is they look at your sinuses, and they also look at the intercanthy of your eyes. And for you, your sinuses appear to display a normal pattern of decreased temperature on both sides, and the intercanthy of the eyes are of equal temperature. So that's good. They didn't have any recommendations there because that one came up as normal. And if you scroll down to on the PDF, um, let's see. I don't see the page number, but I'm pretty sure it's four. See the image of your, it says head interior in the upper yep. right? Same as last time. Yes. So I have one side of my head that is colder than the other side. Yes, we're going to get into that next. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But Who see, would have known that otherwise, besides getting your head scanned by a thermography camera? I know. You, you wouldn't have known. And, no. and hopefully, once I tell you about the recommendations looking into it, everything will come up as normal. It's, it's very possible that it's just your abnormal normal, but because it is an abnormal finding, you don't want to ignore it. You want to look into it and make sure it's not something that needs to be corrected. Um, so the cerebrovascular screening, that, that's your the next section um, and your concern here. So what they do is they draw, we take a picture of your face okay. and then we draw two circles on your forehead. 
uh, we being our interpreting doctors. And our software is able to take within each circle the minimum, the maximum, and the average temperature. Okay, so right and left side, get the average temperature, and then you take the difference. Normally, if it's at 0.3 degrees Celsius or below, then they don't have any recommendations for you. But yours went from 0.7 degrees Celsius down to 0.67 degrees Celsius. Which is like over two times the recommended difference, right? Right, correct. Um, but consistent with last time and a little bit less of a discrepancy than last time. So, so that's good news. However, it does say clinical correlation, which means they want you to clinical clinically correlate the area of concern or talk to your physician and figure out what could be causing that. So what are we screening on the forehead? Um, we have veins in our forehead. They're called um, branches of your superorbital artery. And those run down and connect on, in, on the insides of your neck to your internal carotid arteries. So the carotid arteries feed the blood supply in the forehead. So if it if there was possible blockage when the carotid arteries, it may show up as colder on the forehead. So that's why they don't want you to ignore this finding and they want you to go check it out further. It also says in that little paragraph where it says about that um, these findings could be due to trauma, scar tissue, eczema, something that happened throughout your lifetime could be causing that temperature discrepancy on the forehead. Let's hope it is that, but, you know, to be safe and for prevention, what thermography is best used for, you want to go and get that checked out further. Now, I have talked to some physicians, and they would say that they would check it out with a Doppler ultrasound. Ooh. Yeah, to make sure that there isn't any blockage going on in the carotid arteries. Okay. So hope, so I, I hope you're the, taking notes and I'm, I'm take, I'm taking talk notes. to your primary care physician about your carotid artery health and what additional testing you could get to make sure everything's all good. Yeah, that's um, that's something I I'll totally admit I ignored it all year. Um, but, you know, it came back and yeah, it's still there. Yeah, you it, know. Is, it is still there. So what is it the left brain, right ba brain thing? Like because I totally went from nuclear engineering to um, fitness. So right. And I like to be more creative. Do you think it had anything to do with my... Uh, I kind of doubt it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you never know. I mean... You never know. It could. You, it's not impossible, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, You're really, okay. really working on the other side. <laughs> I am working it hard. <laughs> All right. So the next one, and I kind of knew this too, I totally need to make my way to the dentist. Um, so it shows okay. like inflammation in my mouth. Mm -hmm. Yes. It says mild hyperthermia affecting the oral cavity, which is consistent with the previous study. AKA so, get my teeth cleaned. Yep. Get your <laughs> teeth cleaned. Um, you should go every six months. Uh, they gave you a five on a scale of one to 10, which means you're kind of right in the middle of everyone else that they see. But I want to see your neck scan at least go down to a four. Okay. My holistic dentist scared me into taking better care of my teeth recently. Let me hear about it. Because <laughs> um, I have the feeling this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I've never, I've had this test done before. Have they ever tested you for periodontal disease where they like measure your gum line? So she said, I, I was most, I don't forget the numbers. I think threes and fours are normal or twos and threes are normal. And I either had a four, a couple fours or a couple fives. I forget what it was. Anyway, I was just barely showing early signs of it. And then she shows me this video while I'm laying there, you know, about how if you have any periodontal disease, which could be little um, holes in the gums, the gum lines are receding a little bit too much. Plaque can get into your blood and could eventually cause a blood clot somewhere in your body, which could cause a stroke. That's pretty interesting. That's pretty. And, <laughs> and I, you know, my grandmother passed away from a stroke. I you know, she was right. in her 80s, but still something I, I don't want to have happen to me. New. And so I was like, all right, what do I do? And she said, well, think about it. Every time you eat, bacteria sits in your mouth and starts to grow if you don't brush and floss your teeth after you eat. So you need to start brushing and flossing at least three times a day after every meal, um, you know, and then, you know, the catch 22 is you don't want to brush too aggressively, possibly yeah. wearing away the gums and causing sensitive teeth. Um, and then also a lot of my patients, 
and some holistic doctors I've talked to recommend oil pulling. Have you ever heard of oil pulling before? I have, I have. And, um, and I've talked to a couple of my friends who are, um, they are dental hygienists and they are a super anti-oil pulling. But I, I'm, really? I'm thinking there has to be a really good balance where you're still brushing your teeth and you're doing the oil pulling. Oh, so yeah, yeah, I both. I think that the, um, you know, the, the, the cases they were talking about was where people just thought you could do oil, oil pulling and, and ignore the other oh, pieces. Oh, goodness. <laughs> because I have a few patients who, you know, separately, they don't know each other, told me they were doing the oil pulling and that they went to their hygienist and their hygienist said, you know, after seeing them for years and years and years, what are you doing differently? Because mm-hmm. they noticed a, a huge improvement. And myself, when I do it, um, you know, right now I don't feel congested in my throat at all. But after I do it, I get out a lot of congestion. Yeah. So, it can't hurt, right? No. <laughs> so explain a little bit about what oil pulling is. So you want to take some organic coconut, sesame, or sunflower oil. It must be organic. Swish it in your mouth for 20 minutes. And then I use um, Young Living Essential Oils. So I'll add in a couple drops of thieves or peppermint, um, lavender, anything that can give me an added health benefit when I'm doing the oil pulling. So the idea is the oil you're swishing in your mouth for 20 minutes. There's a lot of books out there. They all say timing is key. Do it for 20 minutes. Um, it's actually able to pull out the bacteria that's become stagnant in around your mouth. Mm. And then you spit it out. You want to make sure you don't spit it in the sink because it could, if you're doing it every day as you should be, clog your drain eventually. Especially with something like coconut oil that's saturated. So it's right. Yeah. And then brush and flush your teeth. I rinse with hydrogen peroxide after and mm-hmm. then scrape my tongue. Oh, that's awesome. And I try what to do that little, every morning uh, and then the brush routine. and floss couple other times a day yeah oh that's great and then I went to Dr. Jared Sloven's office Mm -hmm. he's a holistic dentist in Mount Pleasant and they gave me a clean bill of health they're like you don't have any signs of periodontal disease this was four months later because she also told me when I went down to Fort Lauderdale my holistic dentist down there Dr. Cintron she said I needed to come back in three months came back in four months and then they after me doing these things they, they said I'm all good that's great I know Wow. So let's let's move on to the next thing, which is TMJ, which um, I'm going to pull a little bit into what my dentist told me. Um, so my report here is that I'm good, but um, that's because I sleep with a mouth guard and night guard. I know it sounds so... It's it's not pretty, but it totally works. Um, Same thing I, for me. Yeah, I have one that was made by my dentist. <clears throat> and really what was happening, I wasn't having... Um, I wasn't having any kind of pain necessarily um, during the day so much, but every time I would go to get my teeth cleaned, they would be insanely sensitive. And what she told me was that since I was clenching my teeth, I would clench them, I wouldn't grind them, but anyway, I was clenching them. And the way that the tooth is is constructed, at the it has to give way somewhere. And so when you're you're compressing them through that clenching with your jaw at night. Um, the place that it's going to expand is down at your gum line. And that's because that's like kind of the weakest place. And so when it expands, because it's got to expand somewhere from that pressure, you are actually chipping off some of that, um, some of that enamel. And so then it ends up causing sensitivity in your gum line. It can cause receding gums. So it's not necessarily like they used to think that it was a lot of, you know, if you're brushing too heavily. Um, so it was, it's only been, it's been within like the past 10 years or something like that, that they saw that it's due to um, TMJ or clenching your teeth. So that's something else to be aware of with your teeth. And then once you, you know, you just talked about the periodontal disease where now if you have that weakened area where you don't have so much, um, uh, enamel, there's a possibility of, of things entering your bloodstream there too. So, um, anyway, very important to step up the oral hygiene and absolutely. And I'm happy to see that the TMJ, there's no indications of, um, of any problems. The mouth guard is working. Awesome. Right. Everything shows as normal and I'm the same way. I'm a clencher. I wear a mouth guard and my TMJ shows up as normal in my thermography report. That's great because I I don't Mm -hmm. think it was so much so normal last year when I wasn't really wearing it. Ah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. was your sign. Hey, hey, that was a plus on my part for the year. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So the lymphatic system, this is really interesting to me. So what the, does it tell me? the impression of your images are mild congestion persists in the neck, submandibular, and supraclavicle regions. It says clinical correlation is advised, which means you want to talk to your physician about 
what could be causing some of this congestion in the neck. Um, if you look down on page four, you see the image where there's three arrows pointing mm -hmm. to your neck. So you've got some yellow in there and even some red, even some of that darker green uh, are signs of lymphatic congestion. So what you could do on your own is dry brushing. Do you have a dry brush? Um, not yet. <laughs> okay, well, I'll send you a link where you can buy one. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes too. Yes, and um, what you want to do is brush your body with this brush before you shower towards the heart. And, you know, the, the idea is to break up the lymphatic system. Then you take a hot shower, breaks it up even more. Then drink a lot of um, filtered water and flush everything out. So for our listeners too, the lymphatic system, that's our, that's our body's way to remove toxins. So if your lymphatic system is congested, that's because I have some toxins hanging out in my neck. Yep. Um, you can also have, uh, I've interviewed um, a massage therapist that was talking about um, sometimes doctors will prescribe their patients to go see a massage therapist that can specialize in lymphatic drainage too. Yeah. Right? Yes. There are some downtown that I go to at our Earthling Day Spa. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and it's a much lighter massage, you know, don't go there expecting a deep tissue massage because the lymphatic system sits right below our skin and it doesn't have its own pump. So the lymphatic's job is to grab toxins out of the main bloodstream to keep them away from the organs, but then the toxin's sick there. It doesn't have a way of pumping itself out. But certain workouts that you can do like swimming or jumping on a trampoline can also help. Um, and then, you know, it does say clinical correlation, so you still want to ask your doctor about what could be causing that inflammation yeah so the next one is thyroid the thyroid for you let's see two thumbs up all findings are all right acceptable temperature limits very awesome. good that's really awesome um i see a lot of a lot of clients who come to me with thyroid problems too and other than doing blood tests and just how they feel i mean those are those are good indicators but why not have a, an even like another one. Right. right. I've seen early signs of uh, thyroid disease detected through thermography. Uh, you can see if it's hyper or hypo. Okay. Um, some people don't have a thyroid anymore or it's not active anymore. So then you wouldn't see any heat discrepancy. Really? So mm -hmm. if they have an, uh, and their, act, their thyroid isn't active anymore, it's just... You don't see anything. No, nope. it's not working. Right. That's so interesting. <laughs> it's wow. not overworking or underworking. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thyroid. I mean, there's so many things that you know, just kind of like your hormonal um, balance or imbalance. Your thyroid, it, 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 not having a properly functioning thyroid can really mess with your life. Yes. Yeah. I've heard the same thing. Yes. All right. So moving on to the breast. Your breasts are good. Um, Two thumbs up. Yeah. So awesome. you've got consistent thermographic patterns. So you do have some vascular patterns on the breasts, but you've got green arrows, which means that's good. They're consistent with your last study. Okay. So for you, they're recommending you come back in 12 months for your, your next breast scan. Okay. And if you wanted to see the image, go down to page four. So a couple things here. On page four, bottom right, you see those green arrows? Yep. Yeah, those are basically them marking your breasts because when you get your follow-up screening, they're going to want to check those patterns again and make sure there aren't any significant changes. Okay. On the, the next page, see the picture in the upper left-hand corner? What they did, similar to the cerebrovascular screening, is they drew two circles on your breasts. You can see um, a red and a green one. Do you see the circles? Yes. They're pretty small, but... Um, they wanted to get the temperature discrepancy of that yellow vascular pattern compared to the opposite side of the breast. Mm -hmm. So the average temperature on the right is 32.66 degrees Celsius. The average temperature on the left is 31.64. The difference between the two is 1.02 degrees Celsius. So if it was at 2 degrees Celsius or above, that's considered abnormal, and, and they probably would have had you come back in six months to monitor that. Okay. But yours are good. That's awesome. Yeah. The next section is your hormone assessment slash fibrocystic syndrome. They gave you a three on a scale of one to 10. Okay. 
And as I mentioned earlier on the show, it, it does say consultation with an integrative doctor is recommended in order to assess hormone levels. So you said you've never had a saliva hormone test before? I have not. Yeah, it's a good idea to get one, see where those levels are at, see if there's any improvement you can do now, um, you know, and hopefully have that three go down to a two rather than the other way. Yeah. Um, signs of hormonal imbalance, estrogen dominance, fibrocystic syndrome, those can all be precursors to breast cancer. Okay. So yeah. that's why it's really important to work on your health now and monitor yourself safely with thermography. Well, especially, you know, if, if um, I, I don't really eat very many processed foods, but, okay. you know, and, and even the, the plastics, but I just imagine, you know, somebody does this and then all they had to do was change their containers that they're using and not reheat food in plastics and things like right. that. Like that's a really easy change just to to make a big difference in your life. Yeah, it's probably not going to make a difference overnight or maybe not even from one scan to the next, but long term. Well, compound effect. Yeah, yeah right? It's definitely. Cumulative. Also, if um, a woman's on birth control, that can greatly um, affect the hormones. Oh, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not. And I, the studies that I keep reading about um, about being on birth control, it's pretty crazy. Right. Yeah. It's really interesting, actually. Yeah. I think I need to find an expert to come in and talk about that even. <laughs> I think you should, too, because I was on it for far too long. And I think it causes a lot of the hormonal, the hormonal imbalances that we see in my scan. Do you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I've gotten really interested in this whole evolutionary psychology kind of thing and biology. And um, it's really interesting to see what happens when a woman is on birth control pills, what happens to her sense of smell versus <laughs> when she's not. Um, I'm, I'm just going to have to have somebody come on. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. So um, send me the link. Yeah. Oh, I will. I will. It's, it's really, really good stuff. Um, which one is next? So a little bit more on the hormone assessment. Okay. It does say that um, you want to eliminate toxins that may be producing these abnormal heat patterns and improve overall lifestyle. I know you have a very healthy lifestyle, but um, when's the last time, I know you like to use isogenics, so when's the last time you did a detox program? Um, I did the cleanse, well, I did a nine-day cleanse back in April. Okay. Um, but yeah, now I have it. And you know what? I really wanted to do one before I did this just to see if it made any difference, but I just never did. I'm, yeah. I'm more of a just like the daily daily person so that's good um it might be a good idea to try to do something in january you know i always tell my patients don't set yourself up for failure and try to do something over the holidays there's just too many temptations <laughs> um but if not once a year at least you know if not twice a year at least once a year you want to do a lengthy detox program yeah. if you can do a 28 day one that'd be ideal but i know there's 21 or 14 day detox yeah. programs out there and just give your body a break and really cleanse everything out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, when I had this done a few weeks ago, yeah, I've definitely been traveling a lot and eating a lot and drinking too much. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard when you travel for sure. Yeah. And then improve overall lifestyle. You want to take a really good look at what your, um, what your body is exposed to on a daily basis through your cleaning products, personal products, what's in your medicine cabinet. I love to use Young Living Essential Oils and all their products because they're actually beneficial for my health. So whether it's that company or another company, really read your labels and um, you know take into consideration what your our biggest organ, your skin, is yeah. exposed to every day, yeah. as well as internally what's in your medicine cabinet. That's definitely something I can improve on. Okay. The next section is your thermal inflammation factor. You also got a three on that one. It says that um, inflammation must be addressed in order to reduce your risk of heart disease. Natural methods are available and include diet modification and omega-3 fish oil. You know, three is lower on the scale, but like I said before, still room for improvement. So do you take an omega-3 right now? You know what I do? And and it's interesting because this, um, just a few weeks ago, I was at a health fair and I was talking to somebody who ran this, I don't 
something talking about the blood type diet, right? So I was looking at these nice charts they have, and I'm B positive, and I was looking at that, and it said I should not be having coconut oil or coconut because I'm highly reactive to it. But, you know, I was like, I am not going to not have coconut oil. But I just wonder if there's certain foods on that list. I mean, chicken was on there too. So things that are, you know, quote unquote healthy still, I wonder if there are things on that list that maybe I could try to avoid for a little bit and see if inflammation overall goes down. Yeah, you definitely could. There's, um, you know, our blood type diet, and then there's also alcat food sensitivity testing. You could do that as well. You actually give some blood, and then they test your blood against a certain amount of panels, okay. and it comes up with a list of foods that you're mildly, moderate, and severely sensitive to. Ideas, you cut out all the milds for three months and the moderate and severe for six months. Coconut showed up on my severe did last it. time I did it. And I'm also a B positive. Are you? Yeah. yeah. Convenient. So, I know, but I hate coconut, actually. I hate the taste of it. Do you? When I cook with it, when I was cooking with it, I couldn't even taste it, but I was using it as a skin moisturizer. Yeah. Um, and now Highly I've reactive. switched it up because of that. So, oh, so I what was, do you use mostly now? Um, I've been using grapeseed oil and also just vitamin E oil uh, mm-hmm. for my skin. And then for cooking, grapeseed, sesame, and um, sunflower oil. Okay, good. All high smoke points. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. Maybe I'll try it a little bit. I love Yeah, that. switch it up. <laughs> switch it up a little bit. I mean, a three is still good, but let's see you get down to two. Yeah. Onto your abdomen, it says the red arrow demonstrates an unusual vascularity in the right abdomen which has continued to develop since the last screening. The white arrows identify mottling patterns associated with excessive hormone expression. Clinical correlation is advised. So if you come down to page five, um, yeah, definitely ask an integrative doctor uh, about what could be causing that. But over on your right here, I can tell you the organs are your liver and your gallbladder. So maybe... Um, you can look up a cleanse that would kind of focus on that for January mm-hmm. and see if you can get that cleansed out of there. And then, you know, the white arrows are lighter vascular patterns or those kind of leopard spots I talk, talked about earlier yeah. showing signs of hormonal imbalance. Okay. Um, they're light, which is good, but still room for they're improvement. There. Yeah. yeah. Um, definitely talk to an integrative doctor about about those. So this is one, okay, so we're getting into this area, too, where, um, you know, initially, whenever we first talked, I, you know, because I'm like everybody else, and I don't have cancer, but, you know, so, I mean, like, the idea of me having cancer was less of a possibility of some inflammation showing up from areas that I've been putting too much stress and strain on my body. So um, this is where I found it very interesting, you know, you can see things outside of just cancer. So let's talk about my spine. <laughs> okay. The the spine slash posture slash gait analysis shows that you have fico- <laughs> focal <laughs> hyperthermia persists in the thoriatic and lumbar spinal musculature. Now, I know we're doing this on radio or podcast or audio or whatever. Um, I'm putting the link to the visual um Everything's in colors here, and you should see it. Like, my spine is lit up like a Christmas tree. It's like bright red. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, they, they like to use this different palette here for the spine. It shows the hot points of your back on the inverse grayscale. So those are red. Which is, like, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then within the red, the white points are even hotter. Um, you, uh, you work out a lot, so I'm, I'm sure a lot of this has to do with, um, your workout routine and maybe you don't get as many massages as you should, but it does say clinical correlation and, um, you know, you should, everyone should see a chiropractor and that's my opinion, but you know, you could also go to a physical therapist or your primary care physician and try to figure out what could be causing some of this inflammation. You know, is it subluxation of the spine? Hopefully you don't have back pain right now where all these white spots are, no, um, but you want to avoid I think that that's in the, the future, thing, right? Like that's the really important part because even though I'm lit up like a Christmas tree on here, I'm really not in pain. 
Like I'm not like some of my toes are black because they're not getting the proper blood flow. I don't feel that either. Um, right. My shins are bright red on this. I don't feel shin pain. It's really interesting to see yeah. this. You know, I bet if you went to go get a massage, though, you know how they press mm. and then you're like, wow, I didn't realize oh. I was that sore. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is this is great for especially for athletes. You know, you think like or somebody who has such high pain tolerance. Obviously, I do because I'm not feeling any of this. And, you know. I should probably have some pain going on here. Which is great, but this is your sign that, okay, do something so that you don't get pain in the future. You don't end up, you know, you hear about people once they get older, start to throw out their backs or something like that. And you don't want that to be you. You can't come back from that. Yeah, because it could be five years down the road. It could be 10 years down the road. And if you don't do anything now, you know, that, that could be you. But if you do, hopefully it won't be. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the next section is your lower extremity, and it says bilateral anterior tibial inflammation, That's those are the shins, is indicative of postural and or gait anomalies, which means um, that inflammation could be have to do with your posture. It could be how you're bearing your weight from the right to the left side. It could be your shoes, how you're working out. It could be subluxation in the spine. Um, this is consistent with the previous study. The green arrow shows stable vascular patterns previously identified. The right plantar surface, which means the bottom of the foot, now appears significantly hyperthermic or hot compared with the opposite extremity. The toes of the left foot remain hypothermic or cold compared with the adjacent tissues. You got to see this picture. Right? Clinical like, correlation like black socks is advised. <laughs> I know what's going on there. I bet again, I don't feel anything. You can see your right ankle uh, leading into the shin is white hot versus the left. You know, so yeah, something's going. on But if on I there. continue to do this, what you said, what I could end up with numbness in my foot, right? I don't know what I don't know what could be causing it. You know, eventually it could lead to that, yeah. uh, but I I really don't know. Don't You'd have to ask out. a physician. I'm going to see a chiropractor. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say if I was a chiropractor, I would say that you're subluxated and you need an adjustment and you need to go get them regularly so that you don't continue to be compressing the spine or um, you know pinching the nerve somewhere that allows the blood to flow down to the toes properly yeah. or it could be your shoes you know you, you never know what it could be but ultimately it's an abnormal finding trial and error figure out some things you can do to try to avoid future issues yeah. and then your hands those are your fingers are nice and cold there what's going on there let's hey. read about your upper extremities it says the fingers are hypothermic compared with the adjacent tissues. This may be a result of metabolic, vascular, and or neurological deficiency. Clinical correlation is advised. Yeah, because they were not that black before. No. Um, so same thing. Ask a chiropractor or your primary care physician about what could be causing that. Yeah. Well, that was very interesting. Um, so if you get a scan, this is this is what you end up going through. So you can you can cover all of these different things. You get um, you get your report too with all these pretty bright pictures. Which, like I said, I'm going to put the link to the webinar we did together in the show notes. Um, and then you can take this report to your doctor. And when you take it to your doctor, then they can see exactly what's going on. Yes. So, well, thank you so much. One more time of what you are offering any of the listeners and how people can get in touch with you. Sure thing. So if you book your own appointment on btiscan.com, you just click on find a certified lab. You'll see a big map of the United States. Scroll on down to um, one of the locations I go to. Like I mentioned, I'm in South Carolina. I'm in also I forgot about Jacksonville, Florida, and then anywhere from West Palm Beach down to Miami and over on the West Coast, Tampa down to Venice. Anyway, if you wanted to book your own appointment, put in Stephanie Keenan and I would give you $50 off your screening for being a listener of her show. And you could contact me through our website, btiscan.com. You could call me at 877-315-7226. Again, my name is Shanna. I'm a certified thermographic technician. And also my email address is earlydetectionisky at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thanks for listening tonight. I hope you learned as much as I did. And um, yeah, I just, I can't say enough great things about 
the thermography scan. Uh, uh, there is, it's all pluses here. So um, listen to us next week too on kineticifi.com every Tuesday night from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. I hope you have a fabulous week. Thank you.